Taurine is this nutrient made by your body. Can it be the secret to youth and longevity? Can it also sabotage your exercise routine and your fitness results? I've been researching longevity since 2007, and I've never seen such an exciting molecule. Your body producing it naturally, its level decreased with age, and now we find it extends my lifespan by 12%. What does it mean to you? Should you take it today? This video is a condensed preview of the recent longevity study on touring. We will discover seven insights that include the practice, doses, regimens, and a bonus one that I did not expect relating to our exercise routine. Let's jump directly into the 2023 study and uncover some of the unusual insights that you've never heard before, even if you've read the study. So what do we see here? This is lifespan graphs of male and female mice. What are the first two things that we notice? We see female on the left in pink and male on the right. And we can see that taurine increases lifespan in both female and males. This is excellent as many longevity molecules tend to increase only one sex lifespan. The researchers quantified what we have seen in the graph. I'm quoting, the median lifespan increase was 10 to 12%. This 12% is the largest life extension we have seen from any available nutrient, a natural supplement that is not a drug. Putting aside diet, of course, because diet can increase lifespan in animals much more by 25 up to 40%. Here, we are focusing on individual nutrient or a supplement. But wait a minute, maybe it's another small group of lifespan study. Maybe they did not have enough mice. Because, you know, those studies that track mice for a long, long time, they are very expensive. Did they use enough mice to make a certain in this result? As you can see, we have 62 females without taurine, 60 with taurine, 64 males without taurine, and 60 with taurine. These are 246 mice. These are a lot of mice for lifespan study more than enough for the results to be significant. Now I wonder why those weird numbers of mice in each group? I dug into the supplemental data of the study and it says, I'm quoting, three female mice were removed from the study because of fighting. Two male mice were removed from the study because of fighting as well. So what can we learn from this? First, if you're a mice and you want to live longer by taking taurine, try not to fight with other mice. Second, it seems that female like to fight in groups and male like in mano a mano. This looks like a sociological study combined with a lifespan study. Seriously, as you can see, they have tracked a lot of mice for a long time. So the first discovery is a large 12% increase in lifespan, both in male and in female. And this so far is the highest we have seen in natural supplements. Nothing so far has beaten this result for a single molecule, and it is statistically significant. Now, if those results were to be translated to humans, and of course, it's very difficult to translate because we are not mice, but if we were to translate, the equivalent in humans is the increase in the average lifespan that we have today of 80 years to 90 years. Mice and humans are not the same, but it's exciting nevertheless. Let's move on to the second discovery. This has to do with maximum lifespan result. Let me explain. When we reduce average mortality, we increase the chances of reaching the average lifespan of the entire group. In our case, in humans, it's 80. And taurine seems to do that in mice. But once you reach the age of 80, you cannot expect to live much longer. And here, we are talking also about the length of maximum lifespan, not just the average of expected life. So it's about the potential for the longest living members of the group to live even longer than what we expect. So this is maximum lifespan, and it's not a guarantee, just a potential reach of life. 
Now, what did Horian did in the maximum lifespan in this study? I'm quoting, life expectancy at 28 months increased by 18 to 25 percent. As you can see, Torin also increased the maximal lifespan. Now, let's try to translate what they have found to humans. So, 28 months in mice, equivalent to about age 80 in humans. And taurine and increased their life expectancy at this age between 18 to 25 percent. So, this implies an increase in the maximum lifespan rather than just the average. If indeed we can achieve the same exact results, and again, there is a big question on that, men and women on taurine supplementation have the chance to reach between the age of 94 to 100. Worth mentioning is that mice remain the closest longevity model to humans. They are mammals, like us, which means that they give birth and breastfeed. They are also omnivores, consuming both plants and animals. Moreover, mice possess all the longevity pathways that humans have, which underscores the significance of this study. This study is vital and cannot be overlooked. To summarize, taurine increased both average lifespan and maximum lifespan, and it's statistically significant. Let's move to discovery number three. This discovery has to do with the age that started with taurine supplementation. Let's see what they found. What do you see in this graph? Do you see this red arrow on the left? This means the beginning of taurine supplementation. What age do you see here? For me, I see somewhere between 12 to 16 months. It looks like 14. The researchers confirmed, I'm quoting, mice were fed with a vehicle or taurine daily from 14th month and the treatment continued till the end of their life. Let's translate this number, 14 months, to us humans. If the expected life of mice is 28 months, which is equivalent to weight aged 80 in humans, 14 is exactly half. This is equivalent to the age of 40 in humans. The only started supplement with taurine at the age of 40 in humans. And who knows what the effect would have been had they started earlier. For instance, rapamycin, the longevity drug, has been shown to extend lifespan in mice by average of about 10 to 30 percent. And the effect tends to be more pronounced when the treatment begins at an earlier age in the mice. So for this age group, taurine's impact doesn't fall much shorter compared to rapamycin. This is a very exciting discovery. Now let's move to the next discovery. Discovery number four. This, to me, is one of the greatest takeaways from this study. Let's go to the graph. What do you see in both of these graphs? When does taurine group begins to separate from the non-taurine group? We can see separation in longevity around the 21 months of age. This is equivalent to age 60 in humans, because only then the mice begin to die. On taurine, there is a delay in the first death in the group. In other words, and this is the highlight to me, it was required 20 years of supplementation in human equivalents for taurine to show mortality reduction, 20 years. This may sound depressing to you, it's a long time, but it's not really depressing, let me explain to you why. It only increases the chances that indeed taurine targets aging. When a pharmaceutical company conducts a research, they typically aim to see a reduction in cardiovascular mortality within three to five years time frame. And in cancer research, their goal is the same. Usually keep patients alive within three to five year window. Achieving these outcomes is considered success and pivotal for getting their drugs approved. Imagine a study 
tracking the effects of taurine on humans. They would need 20 years to begin to observe its impact on mortality. This highlights the difference between drug research and longevity research. Aging is the slowest process in our bodies, the slowest process that has to do with any health condition. And it's why we should be grateful for these kinds of studies. So what else does it mean to you today? If taurine works, and we did not confirm this 100%, but if it does, I don't think that you and me can wait that long before making a decision on taurine. We cannot wait 20 years, but it's your body in your decision. So let's say that you are sold on taurine, and I'm not telling you what to do. It's not a personal recommendation or medical advice. But if you decide to take taurine, you probably wonder, how much taurine did they give to the mice? And when was it given? Because you want to replicate this in your life, like what I want to do. And this leads us to the next discovery. As we go to the practical questions, you really need to subscribe now. Now let's move to discovery number five, the dose. As we try to interpret this data to our lives, we want to know what is the dose. So how much taurine did they give to the mice? Which food should we eat to get this exact amount? Let me go to the study. I'm quoting, mice were fed with a vehicle. The vehicle, of course, is a control group, the one without taurine. Or taurine, 1,000 milligrams per kilo body weight daily from month 14th, and the treatment continued till the end of their life. So how do we translate to us humans? We need to divide this by 12.3. You will get 81.3 milligrams per kilo of body weight in humans. So for 160 pound men, it's six grams of taurine. Anyone can find their own dose, men or women, by multiplying their weight in kilograms by 81.3 milligrams. This puts the taurine dose range for humans between four to eight grams per day. And to simplify even further, most women will need 4 to 6 grams per day, and most men, 6 to 8 grams per day. In human terms, we are talking about 4 to 8 grams of everyday taurine for decades. That's a lot. Let's be specific. This is not just taurine supplementation. It's a high-dose taurine supplementation, and it was administered every day without cycling. So it's a high dose of chronic taurine supplementation. And if indeed high-dose chronic taurine is required to achieve these significant longevity benefits, this means that the question of which food should I eat to get taurine to increase my longevity becomes irrelevant. You simply won't be able to attain those levels through food alone. But it could be that lower doses do have health benefits. And interestingly, taurine is the most abundant in seafood, particularly non-fish seafood. And people in Japan including Okinawa, consume more of these and tend to live longer. But it's also important to remember that these marine foods also contain omega-3, unique minerals, and other beneficial nutrients. However, even these Japanese diets did not provide the quantities used in this longevity study in taurine. To reach those levels, supplementation is necessary. And you absolutely don't want to rely on energy drinks which are laden with sugar, chemicals, and stimulants. So we need a taurine supplement to reach this level, but we are talking about many capsules per day. To compare, most taurine supplements contain usually 500 milligrams up to 1 gram per capsule. So we need a lot of these capsules. But wait a minute, you may think what I think, that this has to be too high of a dose. 8 to 4 grams per day for a lifetime? And I agree, we need to be conservative here. Probably by going lower in the dose, we'll achieve the same benefits. So why take the risk, right? 
So in this study, they conducted additional studies and examined mice on this dose and half of this dose. Also, they took worms and tried them on different doses and measured the lifespan. Does lower dose work? So we have another insight. This leads us to the next discovery. So in this study, they did another experiment. They took two groups of mice and gave the second group half of the dose. If half of the dose is effective, this means we should not go so high to 4 to 8 grams per day. Now what did they find in the study? Half of the dose of taurine was indeed effective, but in almost all of the measurements, the lower dose was less effective than the high dose of taurine. That's quite revealing. And it would seem that even though the benefits begin with lower doses, you need to really get to high doses to maximize all the longevity benefits. But that's not everything, because the researchers also conducted another lifespan study, this time with worms. So they took about 1,200 worms. What do we see in the graph? In gray, a lower dose of taurine hardly gave any longevity benefits. But as we go up to the dose, 50, then 100, and 150, the lifespan extension increases with a dose, up to a point. When you go from 150 micromolar to 300 micromolar, there is no extension of lifespan. But the point is this, worms on the highest doses live longer. This really corroborates what we have seen with the mice. To clarify, both 150 and 300 concentration of taurine yielded identical longevity benefits, the maximum observed in this study. Increasing the taurine concentration beyond 150 did not cause harm to the worms but also did not offer any additional longevity benefits. It looks like 150 holds the cap for the benefits. So, what can we glean from these studies on mice and worms? It would seem that chronic high-dose supplementation of taurine yielded the best longevity benefits. It is likely that we need high dose, and reducing the dose, that what we suspected before, isn't sufficient to reap all the longevity benefits. And we also can glean from that there is likely to be a threshold a threshold beyond which taurine ceases to offer longevity benefits. We can speculate that this threshold could be around 8 grams to 10 grams per day for humans. But it's also age-dependent, as our natural production of taurine decreases with age. Practically, it means that both of our weight and age play a role here, which we can explore in future videos. Now, let's say that we choose a number between 4 to 8 grams per day. Then you wonder, how should you take taurine? With food? divided throughout the day, on empty stomach. Let's delve back into the study and try to copy from them. What have they done with the mice? This leads us to the seventh practical discovery, the seventh insight from this study, the timing. I'm quoting now again from the supplemental data. This is regarding the timing. Mice were giving gavage fed with vehicle or taurine. 1,000 milligrams per kilo of body weight, daily, from 14 months, and treatment continued till the end of their life. Taurine was dissolved in water for oral administration. So in other words, taurine was given in a gavage mixed in water. Gavage is basically equivalent to oral feeding. This equivalent to taking an oral supplement, as opposed to blood injection. We are lucky they gave it in an oral form, because we can translate it to actually humans taking supplement. And the bottom line is this, the mice simply drank taurine with water and took everything at once, a bolus. It wasn't divided, potentially on empty stomach, because these mice had free access to food all day long. So what's the takeaway from that? They gave a chronic bolus supplementation with water. 
And this suggests that if we want to replicate the study's approach in our routine, we need to take all the taurine at once daily with water, probably on an empty stomach. Does it make sense? Yes, because taurine is an amino acid, and amino acids are absorbed better on empty stomach when they do not have to compete with other protein from our food. So to summarize, this is not just taurine supplementation. It's high-dose, bolus supplementation on empty stomach for many, many years. So this is it. We are about to take high-dose taurine for the rest of our lives, right? Not so quickly, because this study hasn't delved deeper into the side effects of taurine supplementation. And I have found a little nugget that implies that. This is a bonus discovery, a bonus eighth insight. The impact on exercise. In our longevity community, a key question we often explore is, how does a particular supplement affect exercise? The followers of this channel will know that you should not, for example, take antioxidants and resveratrol before exercising. It will negate the longevity benefits, despite the fact that both exercise and resveratrol can affect our longevity. So what about taurine? In this study, they measure the impact of taurine on a mechanism called mTOR. mTOR is an important mechanism for accumulating protein and amino acids necessary for muscle growth. And this study specifically investigated mTOR in the muscles of the mice that were not exercising, but were supplemented with taurine. And they compared these mice with mice without taurine. They analyzed the metabolism inside their muscles. So let's take a look at what they have found. Here in the upper right, you can see this PRS6P. Just assume this represents mTOR activation. Now let's compare the minus without taurine and the plus with taurine. Can you see how dull the taurine column is? This means that a lack of this activation of mTOR in the muscles of the mice supplemented with taurine. In fact, if you look to the left, you will see also the liver and brown fat exhibited similar results, a suppression of mTOR activation. This suggests that high-dose chronic taurine prevents mTOR from becoming fully activated. What does this mean to you? Should you avoid taurine before intense exercise? If so, when is it advisable to resume it? The study didn't provide an answer to this question. However, I plan to explore this topic in more depth in upcoming longer research videos on taurine. The key takeaway here is that we should also consider potential side effects and possibly time our taurine to align with our exercise routine. So together we can make a decision. Should we take taurine every day, high doses for longevity? When and how? Certain supplements such as fish oil, resveratrol, and NMN, and even drugs such as rapamycin, there is a researcher that endorses and explains the protocol and the dose they are doing. And as early as 2024, there is not a single longevity researcher or a doctor who has publicly endorsed taurine for longevity, and there are no specific guidelines from the experts to follow. Therefore, we must approach this with extreme caution. And to do this effectively, we must be super careful. We have to do some investigative work in order to cover all the aspects of taurine supplementation in humans. So what do we need to do? First, we need to explore additional studies on taurine. We also need to examine its effect on humans. We need studies that involve humans, not just fish, mice, or worms. And we also have to investigate the known mechanism how taurine functions. Generally speaking, if I do not understand the mechanism, the underlying mechanism of supplement, I can't confidently add it to my routine. 
What if it interferes with other aspects of my health regimen? We also must assess the potential risks and side effects. This includes considering how touring may affect our exercise routine, how it affects our fitness results. This is one of the key takeaways from this study. Taurine also acts as a neurotransmitter. This means besides affecting our longevity potentially, it can also affect our nervous system and our brain. How does it influence our brain? All these questions we need to go through and investigate the answers to. However, one thing seems certain. Taurine, or more precisely, chronic hydrostorine supplementation, could be the very supplement we have been searching for a long, long time, for many years. A supplement that potentially preserves our youth, extends our longevity, and all of that at an incredibly affordable cost. And in the next videos in this taurine research, this is our goal. I want to decide whether to take taurine myself and also to give it to my clients and to my parents. My father is 70 year old. I also want to see if it could help my wife with her stroke. So for that, I have to review all the taurine studies known to 2024 and understand all the mechanisms. If indeed it works on longevity and aging directly, how exactly should you cycle it? How can we minimize the risk? These are very important questions, and I invite you to subscribe now and join me in this journey. We're going to figure out Taurine together to get the most of the longevity benefits right now. See you in the series. And a big thank you for all the patrons of this channel. I couldn't do it without you.